Good morning, church. Let's stand to our feet.
Church, let's just uh, pray here for a moment if we could. Lord, you are the healer, Lord, and we pray for your healing right now, God. Lift up our brother in need right now. Let's just call out to God this morning. Jesus, help us to be still and to know that you are God. So, Lord Jesus, move in this place and move in power, God. Come on, 
place today. Amen. The Lord is good. Amen. Turn and greet each other this morning. Say hi to your neighbor. Good morning, Anastasia Church. We're so excited to have you here with us this morning. My name is Rachel and I'm the Discipleship and Social Media Ministry Coordinator here in our church. And if you're in-house with us this morning, go ahead and give yourself a pat on the back because you're here this morning, even with losing an hour of sleep, we made it. So congratulations, everyone. To better help connect our members and guests here at church, we do offer a text-based platform. So you can text the word connect to 904-441-6900 to send in a prayer request or to see how to further get involved here at our church. If you'd like to see what's going on in the life of our church throughout the week, you can text the word NEWS to that very same number to receive a digital bulletin. Just a few events that we would like to highlight here this morning. We are having a fun night coming up here at Anastasia. Our drama ministry will be hosting a musical dinner theater. That's happening Friday, March 24th, and the tickets are $25. You can visit our church website. Go to anastasiachurch.org slash dinner theater or visit the church office to purchase a ticket and find out more information about that wonderful event. VBS is coming up June 5th through the 9th, and we are so excited to spend that week with our kids here at Anastasia. We also need volunteers, so if you're a youth or an adult that would like to help that week, it's a great time to serve our next generation of believers at Anastasia, so be sure to mark your calendars again for June 5th through the 9th. You're not going to want to miss it. And then spring break is happening this week. So Wednesday, there will be no kids praise or youth events happening because it is spring break. And I'm gonna hand it over to Mr. Bill Blaylock. Good morning, good morning. I'm Bill Blaylock, I'm the church administrator. I'm here to talk to you about generosity. So uh, last weekend we had Impact Weekend, which is where the high school students come and they get, they get to stay and do praise and worship for a couple of days. And then they go home and stay with some counselors. And uh, so last week we had a, a young man that wanted to be baptized in the middle of the night. And our youth pastor took them to the beach with a counselor and baptized them in the ocean. And so that's just part of what your generosity, giving of your time and of your, your uh, treasure does to help impact the kingdom of God. So there's um, numerous ways you can give the easiest way is there's offering box right here in this back on the wall back here. It's got a big blue sticker. It says offering box on it. There's another in this vestibule here. There's two in the atrium, one on either end. And then you can give online. You can go to our website and click the give button, or you can text give to 904-441-6900. You can also give uh, stock if you would call the office and, and we would work you through that process. But when you're, when you're giving in the offering boxes, we have envelopes. 
and the, there's we have a couple of white ones this week that say one of them says my offering and you can designate where you want it to go and there's a blue one that's for the 4g campaign and then there's another white one that is for the annie armstrong easter sorry about that that is not correct Annie Armstrong Easter offering, that is correct, and that will um, that will go for missionaries. So, those are some of the ways you can give. And we just truly appreciate your time and your and your offerings. So let's pray. Father God, we just we thank you for this day, Father. We thank you for this opportunity to be in your house and worship, Father. Father, we thank you for the volunteers and the staff who work so diligently to bring to bring these this uh, worship to you. Father, we just Ask that as we give, Father, that you would take what we give and use it for your kingdom, Father. Father, we thank you for your love and your grace. Pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I was so grateful to see the hobbies coming in from Montana. Where, are, where did y'all sit down? There you are over there. So good to see you guys with us. There are missionaries and they're serving in, in Montana. And glad you could be with us in worship today. That just fills my heart up. Fills my heart up. Hey, uh, church family, did you know that God has a plan for you? He has a plan for your life. And you know what? That plan is not for him to suck all the joy out of life. Some of you may think that. Some of you come and say, you know, if I become a Christian, then all the fun that I want to have in life, God is going to take it away. That is not God's plan. God has a plan for your life, and that plan is a plan of joy. He wants you to have joy. He wants you to have encouragement. He, he wants your life to be bursting forth. Doesn't the Bible say, you know, I've come to give them life and give them abundant life, life to the full? That's what I want to talk about today. You know, uh, I want to confess something to you, okay, as your pastor. I know God's plan is to have joy, but do you realize that there are some days when I don't feel the joy? <laughs> Sometimes the first thing I feel is not joy. Maybe I feel frustrated or maybe I feel overwhelmed. Anybody here relate that way? Yeah. So I know God's plan is for us to be filled with joy, but sometimes it's hard to have that joy or hard to experience that joy. And that's why I need to hear this message today. And the message I'm, I'm sharing with you is from John chapter 16. Uh, John chapter 16. Um, we're heading to Resurrection Sunday. We're examining the gospel of John on those chapters, those critical chapters just before the resurrection, just before the crucifixion, the death, you know, and the resurrection. And these are the farewell words of Jesus. And, and what I'm going to be reading is less than 24 hours before Jesus was crucified. This is what he talked to us about. And, and he tells us that you're going to have joy. I want you to have joy. I want you to have joy even when it doesn't make sense. I want you to have joy uh, even when you don't see it. Uh, and, and I don't know about you, but I want all the joy that God has intended for me. I want all of it. 
I want to be filled up with everything that he wants to give me. And that's what I want to talk about today. We're coming from John chapter 16. Whatever you use as a Bible, I invite you to turn to John chapter 16, starting at verse 16. And let's stand in honor of God's word as I read this. And let's see what God told us, what Jesus told us. Jesus said this, a little while and you'll see me no longer. And again, a little while and you will see me. So some of his disciples said to one another, what is this that he says to us? A little while and you'll not see me. And again, a little while and you will see me. And because I'm going to the father. And so they were saying, what does he mean by a little while? We don't know what he's talking about. Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him. So he said to them, is this what you're asking yourselves? Is this what you're, uh, a little while and you'll not see me, and again, a little while and you will see me? Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You'll be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she is sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for the joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also you have sorrow now. But I'll see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. In that day, you'll ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. Lord Jesus, I pray that we, as your followers, your devoted followers, Lord, that we would have lives full of joy. Lord, that people that would see us on the streets, they would just say, the joy of the Lord's in that person. And Lord, it would be such an attractive and winsome joy that, that people would be attracted to you and give you the glory and receive salvation in your name. And it's in that name of Jesus Christ, I pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. He said, ask and you'll receive that your joy may be full. Jesus wants you to have full joy. Jesus wants me to have full joy. That's what, that's what he wants us to have. So how do, we, how do we get that when we don't feel joyful? I'm looking through this passage, and as I unpack it, there are some things that I've noticed. Um, I think there are seven things that I wrote down in your sermon notes. Some of you may find more because you're way smarter than I am. But uh, here's the first thing I found was in verse 16. It says, a little while. He says, a little while and you'll see me no longer. And again, a little while you'll see me. I think we have to cope with this concept of a little while. I think we need to understand what Jesus is saying when he says a little while. Now, that word in the Greek is the word micron. Now, we use micron today to, as, a, as a measure of distance. You know, if you take, take 25,000 microns and you lay them end to end, you'll get one inch, Okay. That's how small a micron is. So you said a little while. You take a million microns and you get one meter, okay, about a yard. So, you know, uh, it's just a very, very little bit. So Jesus said in just a little bit, and, and most Bible scholars believe right here that he's talking about, you know, he's going to be, he's going to be crucified. He's going to be buried and they're not going to see him, but then he's going to rise again. They're talking about that immediate situation that the disciples found themselves in because in the next few days the disciples were going to go through this incredible emotional roller coaster I mean just just huge roller coaster uh, there's a time when they'd see Jesus he was going to be gone he's going to be dead he's going to be buried and then they got to see him again for a micron okay for a micron but do you realize we live in that reality too we live in that reality too Jesus says I'm going to come you know what he said in Revelation I'm going to come soon 
How long is soon? How long? When were we going to see Jesus again? So how long, you know? And, and you know what it says in Psalm? In Psalm verse 90, it says, For a thousand years in your sight are but as a yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. So I'm getting this idea that what Jesus says when he says soon, and Jesus says when he says a little while, may be a different concept than when I think of soon and in a little while. I'm thinking that, that I need to start looking at things from a different perspective and there's a, a disconnect. So if I'm in that little while where I don't see Jesus, how do I have joy? Well, that's where faith comes in. That's, that's where faith comes in. I, I, I can't trust what my eye sees. I don't want what, what my eye sees to steal my joy. I need to trust what Jesus is seeing. I mean, isn't that what faith is? If I look in Hebrews chapter 11, it says this, that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. That I have to trust, trust in Jesus' eyes more than I, my eyes. And that I, what I see in this world with my limited perspective, I don't want to let that steal my joy. I want to, I want to trust what Jesus sees. I want to trust Jesus' eyes more than my eyes. Last fall, Elisa and I, uh, took a trip to see our daughter in New York City. And she, she walked us all over New York City. And, and uh, while we're walking, went to her place of work. She works in the Empire State Building. And so we took the subway to the Empire State Building. And we, she took us up to the observation decks. There's one at the 82nd floor, one at the 102nd floor, something like that. And I tell you what, the view from the 102nd story of the Empire State Building used to be the largest building in the world. It was amazing. You could see for miles, you could see New Jersey, you could see Connecticut, you could see New York, you could see all kinds of things. You could see the Statue of Liberty. It's amazing what you could see. Now, uh, we, to get there, we took the subway. And, and because I had both these experiences, I can testify that the view of New York City from the subway is different than the view of New York City from the 102nd floor, Okay. I mean, a totally different view of what that city was because what I saw in the subway, there were hallways and there was dirt and there was grime. It was restricted and narrow and dark tunnels. And, you know, I was still in New York City. I was still seeing New York City, but it was a different picture of New York City. Well, you know, my life, my, my view of my life right now is restricted, okay? I don't see what Jesus sees. Jesus's, my view is restricted. Jesus's view is panoramic. He sees everything. So by faith, I'm going to trust what Jesus tells me we can see. Okay? Because we, as Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 5, we walk by faith, not by sight. Okay? So don't let what you see steal your joy. Okay? Now, we go on in this passage and verses 18 and 19 talks about some cute confusion that was going on. As I read through this, it makes me sort of chuckle every time because it keeps going on. You're saying this, you're saying this. What does it mean a little while? We don't understand. It seems to go on forever. But, but then in verse 18 and 19, they were saying, what does he mean by a little while? We do not know what he's talking about. But then it says in verse 19 that Jesus did know. Jesus knows. He, he knows not only what he's talking about, he knows what they were thinking. You know, the, the disciples were trying to figure out what Jesus meant by that teaching at that time. And they were doing the mental calculations and they were coming up empty. And Jesus, 
without anyone telling him, knew about their confusion, knew about the chaos, knew about the concern. And, and you know, when we, when we look through this, I want you to notice, if you look at this passage, Jesus never answers the question they were asking. He never answers the question, what do you mean by a little while? He never gives an answer to that question, you know. Jesus never commanded us to figure everything out and wrap it up in a tight little bow in order to be obedient to him. You know, what, what we're called to do is not to understand all of God, but to love him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. To trust him with every fiber of our being. That's what we're called to do. So here's the next point. Love the Lord more than my opinions. I want to love the Lord more than my opinions. I want you to know, I love my opinions. I think I have great opinions, okay? I love what I think. You know why? I have a DR in front of my name. I have some pretty good opinions, you know? But I need to love God more than anything I think. You know, no one on earth fully understands what is in the heart and mind of God. None of us do. We have the word of God. And, and let me tell you, sometimes godly people, very godly people, godly people that I look up to, they look at the same word of God and they come to some variances of conclusions and sometimes a little disagreement about the word of God. You know why? Because none of us fully understands everything. And sometimes godly people who are, are seeking the will of God, they struggle with understanding what the word of God is saying. And, and I don't want to let the presence of confusion steal my joy. Just because I can't figure out everything doesn't mean that, that I'm going to let that steal my joy. My thoughts, how I interpret a situation, I don't want to let that to, to steal my joy. Because everybody doesn't agree doesn't mean I need to get frustrated and let God steal my joy. Jesus wants me to have, have joy, okay? And it becomes a weight. Sometimes the, the things that we're thinking internally become a weight. I have, a, I have something I want to show you here. Got a little balloon here. Thanks to our children's ministry. They keep these things around here. So this is our joy, okay? This is our joy. And Jesus just wants us to be lifted up and lifted up and lifted up. And these are my thoughts, okay? Sometimes they're theological thoughts. Sometimes I'm just concerned about a life situation, a health situation, a financial situation, a relationship situation, Sometimes I'm just frustrated. I don't know why I'm frustrated. And sometimes these weights can just bring my joy down. And you know what? How far does God want my joy to go? I wonder, what would it be like? What would it be like if everything that was going on mentally inside of me, I turned over to Jesus and let Jesus go as far as he would with my joy and let it go as high up as it possibly could, what would happen if I cut loose my joy? Wouldn't that be powerful? Wouldn't that be powerful? Because God has planned for you amazing things. It says this, as it is written, 2 Corinthians 2, what no eye has seen, no ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. 
I mean, God's prepared amazing things to you. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. So the Spirit of God coming into us helps us understand the joy, even when it doesn't make sense. Don't let what you're thinking steal your joy. Okay? Love the Lord over my opinions. God's prepared amazing things for people who love him. Now, there's something else. Verse 20. I know I've lost half of you. You're just looking up there, finding where that balloon is. It'll come down in a day or two. Verse 20 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, you'll weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You'll be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. The world, uh, which is that part of culture that's not looking to Jesus. When we're talking about world here, it's, it's that part of society that's not under the lordship of Christ, that part of culture that is under the influence of sin, okay? And when the world, when the world sees faith take a hit, it rejoices. The world loves it when faith takes a hit, okay? And he says this, you will weep and lament, and the world will rejoice, okay? But then notice this, you'll be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. Ultimately, joy overcomes the world. Ultimately. God's plan is joy. So here's the point. Grief will not be my last chapter. It will not be my last chapter. I have a chapter of joy that follows every other pain. So Jesus is going to take everything that's sorrowful, everything that is hurtful in this life, and he's going to turn that into joy. So this, this, this sorrow, this grief is not going to be my last chapter. And then moving on in verse 21. It says, when a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she's delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Okay, So here you got an example of a woman giving birth. I noticed there are some women in here that are preparing to give birth in the next several weeks. Um, and I want you to know, I'm not telling you about the pain of childbirth. Okay. <laughs> I know I've never gone through it, okay? So I'm telling you what the Bible says, okay? So I want you to know I'm not sharing from personal experience, but, but, and I know I'm treading on thin ice. But, <laughs> but let's take the pain of childbirth here because that's what it says in the Bible. He says there's sorrow, there's pain, and, and these things are real. And in childbirth, it, it's, it's all-encompassing. You know, when you're in the throes of childbirth, I don't know many women that are multitasking, Okay? You're not doing anything else. The only thing that is going on at that time is new life is coming into this world. And that pain, it's just, it's just overwhelming. Sometimes that's how our pain is. Sometimes what we're dealing with is so overwhelming that we're not thinking about anything else. Pain is real. Suffering is real. And at times, they just take over everything. As a matter of fact, nowhere in the Bible does it say that experiencing pain and acknowledging sorrow displays a lack of faith. Okay? Nowhere. It's real. You know, uh, it, could be the, it could be childbirth or it could be the death of your husband or wife or the death of a child. It's overwhelming. Pain of rejection. The pain's real. And maybe that pain is all you can handle right now. And you're not feeling the joy that is there. You're in that shadow of your cross. And in the midst of the pain, Jesus said, when the joy comes, when the joy comes eventually, the heartache will just be a memory. It'll just be a memory compared to the joy that you have. So this is the point. Joy in the Lord will surpass every pain and sorrow. Everything. Look at verse 22. Not only that, look at this. 
He says, so also you have sorrow and I, but I will see you. I love that. Jesus sees us. I will see you. And your hearts will rejoice again and no one will take your joy from, from you. I love it that Jesus didn't say, hey, I hope to see you again someday. He, he didn't say that. He said, I will see you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah. And your hearts will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. So this is the next point. Jesus sees me. He sees me. And he promises as he's looking at me and he sees everything. He sees everything. He says, he says, your sorrow is going to be temporary, but your joy is going to be perpetual. So I'm going to see him again. He sees me. There's going to be a day when I see Jesus again. Now that's going to be when Jesus Christ comes again into the world, or it's going to be when I leave this world and go see Jesus. But one day I'm going to see Jesus again. And I'm going to have a joy that is never going to go away. See, my sorrow is temporary. Joy is forever. But until that time, until the little while comes to an end, what do we do? What do we do while we're dealing with this little while time? Verses 23 and 24. In that day, you'll ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he'll give it to you. And then verse 24, I love this. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Ask and you will receive. You know, in, in the darkness, in the confusion, in the uncertainty, ask. Ask the Father in the name of Jesus. Lay everything at his feet. I think that's what he's telling us here. If I, want, if I want joy, everything that steals my joy, I need to lay it at the feet of Jesus. There's nothing I can't lay at the feet of Jesus. Sometimes people tell me that, you know, is this an okay thing to pray about? I say pray about everything because if it's the wrong thing, let the Holy Spirit tell you it's the wrong thing. Give everything to Jesus. Ask everything of Jesus. Lay everything at his feet because the more you give to Jesus... The more you lay at his feet, the more he fills you up. Do you want to be filled with everything God wants to give you? Lay everything at his feet. I'm going to ask you to stand right now. I want you to stand right now, just in a time of quietness. Because see, I want you to have everything that God wants to give to you. I want you to be filled with all the joy and all the power. And I just want you to pray to him and say, Lord Jesus, right now in the quietness of this moment. I want you to pray to him and, and say, Lord, I have this that I need to give to you. It might be a pain and it might be a joy. It might be a pain. It might be a success. But Lord, I need to give everything to you. And Lord Jesus, I pray if there's someone here, Lord, that, that has not laid everything at, at, at your feet, Lord, the first thing that I'm praying for is that they'd see that you don't steal joy, you give joy and you fill someone up. Lord, I pray you'd open our hearts to everything. And Lord, that you would bring glory and honor to yourself. Lord, show hope to someone that needs hope today. Bring healing to someone that needs healing today. But more, Lord, most of all, Lord, I pray that you'd fill us with joy. In your precious name I pray.
You know, I'm praying. Some of you have seen revival breaking out throughout the nation. You know, some of you are saying, when are we going to have revival? I think it happens when we lay everything at the feet of Jesus and we let Jesus bring it. So I just want you to know, we're, gonna, we're coming now. This is the time to let Jesus take everything. If he needs to take your sins and give you forgiveness, you want to be a new person in Christ, this is the moment. This is the moment to trust in him. And you can come forward and say, Pastor Walter, I want that joy. And you can come. Some of you may just need to lay things at the feet of the Lord at the altar. And you do that. And just let God do his work. Let's let him move among us. And let's see the thing that he's going to do that no eye can see or heart imagine. And give him all the glory. Amen? Amen. If God's calling you, you come. God's calling you, you come. And how I long to breathe the air of heaven But pain is gone and mercy fills the streets To look upon the one who bled the Savior walk with Him for all eternity. There will be a day when all bow before Him. There will be a day when death will be no more. Standing face to face with you died
bless you. Have a great week.